Hey, it's Ryan. Could you stop what you're doing right now and subscribe to a Minor Detail podcast? Visit iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, or virtually any available podcast directory to find a Minor Detail podcast and click subscribe. Welcome to a Minor Detail Podcast. My name is Ryan Minor. I am your host. I report on Maryland political news at aminordetail.com. We're a small, scrappy, upstart multimedia outlet in Maryland, and we're ferociously fair and painstakingly independent. This year, a Minor Detail and its podcast turns five years old. This isn't your typical boring political podcast. We keep it fresh. We talk about the trending news in Maryland politics, and we keep politicians honest. We try to make sense of the news. We don't bullshit you. You'll get the news straight up, no chaser. This is episode 270. Charlotte Alftonbrink, a co-owner of Dan's Restaurant and Tap House, located in Boonesboro, Maryland. That's Washington County. She joins me now. Charlotte, of course, is one of the co-owners of Dan's Restaurant and Tap House, where we did a live podcast on Saturday morning for the team, and it was exciting. And we talked about COVID-19's impact on Maryland small businesses, and we also talked about Dan's Restaurant and Tap House. They've recently taken a stand, and they have engaged in the, the issue, the major issue that's dominating the, the entire world right now. Uh, with the recent uh, killing of George Floyd that turned into uh, protest all over the world, um, which the protests have involved people who are in, who believe in racial justice, who believe that our country, the United States of America, still has quite a bit of ways to go, and who also believe in police accountability. And I asked Charlotte to come back because we had some technical difficulties, but tonight uh, we have a very inclusive. I am I am broadcasting from the confines of my studio in Gaithersburg, Maryland. Charlotte, of course, is in Boonesboro, one of America's best small towns. And I'm in my- <laughs> what's that? I said I'm in my kitchen. She's in her very nicely decorated kitchen. Uh, Charlotte, I wanted to have you back on today. And it's important that we review what we talked about for anyone who wasn't listening. It's a little bit quieter, quieter this today. Much quieter, yes. There's not, uh, there's not some truck engines. And by the way, to anybody who came out on the other side who misconstrued intentionally the, what we were doing, we're going to talk about the night that tonight. But I want to say that you have the absolute right to do that, and. Dan's Tap House, nor a minor detail, or myself, uh, whom I'm a huge First Amendment proponent, we never said, please don't do that. Uh, we, we did hope that it would be respectful, and it was largely. You, you folks came out and got those truck engines revving up, and uh, you fellas really showed us. I mean, really, you did. You, you revved those engines and polluted the environment. You should be proud of yourselves for doing that, for, for taking time out on a Saturday in the middle of a, uh, a, a major global pandemic. And I just hope that you wore your masks and uh, you have the absolute right to peacefully assemble and protest just as just as we do. And we there was never a moment where we said, don't do it or we were pushed back. Right, Charlotte? I mean, it was never... Uh, <laughs> we, in fact, we encourage more. The more people, the better. We hope that we would have had a, a conversation that didn't happen. But um, we're, we're glad that anybody who did come out to protest um, us, um, we had a, a terrific event, truly a magnificent event on Saturday morning. Agree. Um, though, why I wanted to invite you back, Charlotte, there's misconceptions about what we did. So first of all, what what we didn't do, what we what Ryan Miner, my uh, and a minor detail podcast, or Charlotte or Dan's Tap House and their stuff, what we absolutely didn't do unequivocally. You can go back and listen to the video. We did not bash police. This was not an event that characterized police in any sort of negative way. Uh, 
and I just want to call out a few a few posts that made it seem like we were attacking police. And I should mention Charlotte and I, after the event, we walked over and had a wonderful conversation with two of the Boonsboro police officers who did stand post and uh, kind of kept an eye on things to make sure that things were in order and that nothing happened that was uh, detrimental to, to both sides. We walked over, we shook their hands, uh, even though we were probably not supposed to, but we, we thanked the, the, the two police officers profusely. Charlotte, we had a wonderful conversation with them. We did, and, and I would like to clarify that I had actually contacted the police the day before um, and asked them to come and make sure that everything would stay safe and sane. Um, so this was something I reached out to them and they were happy to help us with that. Yeah, they were fantastic. And the, the, the police officers in Boonesboro, especially the chief of police, a uh, stellar human being. And I, I always appreciate small town police forces because they have a tough job. And Boonesboro is not a big town, but there's, there is activity every once in a while and you need coverage and they're assisted by the Washington County Sheriff's Department. But no less, I sincerely appreciate uh, the two officers who stood out there and stood up for everybody's right to make a statement. That's what America's all about. And I, I really appreciate that. Not only that, during the middle of COVID, it's my understanding that Dan's Tap House, Dan's Restaurant and Tap House, you delivered um, hundreds of meals to local police. Is that correct? We did. We, we delivered over 100 meals to our local first responders including police, including firefighters, including medical professionals and paramedics, um, all in our local area. Yeah, that, and, and thank you for doing that, and I'm sure that they appreciate it. How was that reception? Was it met well? Oh, incredibly, incredibly. Mm. They were very kind and gracious, um, very appreciative, oh. and we're very appreciative of everything they've done um, during this crisis and always to keep all of us safe. I couldn't say it enough, and to echo your thoughts and sentiments, Charlotte, I am, I'm a, I'm a proponent of of police officers, and what this movement has been about since the killing of George Floyd, has been about taking and taking a serious and hard look at policing practices, and just as you and I talked yesterday. And I won't share the content of our conversation because it was private, but I called Charlotte yesterday at probably around five or six o'clock and we talked for about an hour, just as she had mentioned that if there are bad surgeons, you would do everything that we can to root out the, the, the bad surgeons. Um, and in policing practices, we have to look at reform from a, a public policy standpoint and I just don't understand, Charlotte, where you're getting comments from people who have no idea what we even talked about, who lied about what we were going to do. And I'm not, and, and as someone who's part of the media and a journalist, we have to call out what the facts are and, and educate people on what we actually did, because I still think there was some misconception. And I, I want to read a post, if you don't mind, Charlotte, and I'm droning on, but... Tammy Byers Anderson, um, from I, I guess she's from Boonesboro. So she yeah. had written, oh, pardon me, but oh, Tammy, <laughs> Tammy, <laughs> and I reached out to Tammy in a private Facebook message, though she did not respond. And I am certainly happy to talk to Tammy at any time. In fact, um, my cell phone number is 301 991 4220. And if you want to call me at any time, I would be glad to talk to you. Uh, about what we discussed on Saturday and what Dan's Tap House uh, discussed. In fact, they knew that they were going to be on the record and they knew that they would be, uh, it would be a live broadcast. So there was no secrets here. But Tammy Byers Anderson, a Washington County resident, said, just for the record, over 100 vehicles showed up in support of police. Although we were broken up in small groups as we did not want to disrupt traffic, also during the Back the Blue event, the owners of Dan's Tap House were giving us all the finger. Obviously, they are not the pillar of com the community that they would like to portray. We believe that it doesn't have to be one side or the other. 
we can all support both the quality and our law enforcement officers at the same time. And just to address Tammy Byers and Tammy Byers Anderson's post that had 11 shares and, and a couple of you know 41 comments or so. Well, just for the record, Tammy, uh, there wasn't a there wasn't a hundred vehicles. That's a lie. Don't lie. There was not a hundred vehicles. There was maybe fifteen or twenty at most, and that's being generous. That's that's a gratuitous. I'm I'm being gracious here to you that there was a couple of Trump flags. People blew their horns, and yeah, they revved their engines, and they did pollute the environment with their exhaustion. But look, I'm I'm. It, it, it was peaceful. It, it, there was never a moment at one time as I was eyeing the entire room that Charlotte, Dan, or Dan's Tap House staff gave the middle finger gesture to anyone standing outside. And if they did, we would have shut that down immediately. Charlotte, your staff, not one of them gave you the finger. That's an unadulterated lie. And we have to call that out. That's a difficult one for me um, because as we sort of discussed last night, uh, people will have differences of opinion. Um, people will have different political stances and those things are okay to discuss, but there's no possibility of having an open discussion when one side is lying. And um, almost to me, it, it, it rises to the bar to defamation of character. It, feels very defaming for me to be accused of something that I didn't do. However, um, the beauty of living in 2020 is we have security cameras and media were there and it just, it's patently false and that's provably false. It is patently false. There was no unkind gestures. There was no yelling or shouting and they the idea that this was an anti-police event or podcast is categorically false. And anybody who is promulgating that information is lying, is lying. And anyone of the 30 or so people inside of Dan's Tap House, and for us two who sat in a chair across from one another and had an hour-long conversation not once did we ever, ever bash the police. That's no. And in, my in fact, our message all along has been has been completely different from the messaging about the police. One hundred percent. Our messaging has been about the nature of racism in small towns. Other people are conflating it with messaging about the police, but that has never been our intention to discuss that. Right. And Tammy Byers Anderson should know better to put out fake news. And what she did was not only discredit herself in a way that was unfortunate for someone whose, I guess, husband or spouse or someone related to her is a law enforcement officer, but she lied without having all the facts. And we won't stand for that. And Charlotte, I give you a lot of credit because as a business owner, you could easily say, well, look, we're not going to we're not going to even get involved but you decided to take a stand when this came about and we talked about why you did that on Saturday and i was hoping tonight you could reiterate that sure well for us for my team you know we have a very um like-minded uh, compassionate conscientious team at the tap house and for so long, we've had these discussions amongst ourselves about this is wrong, this is wrong, it shouldn't be like this. And one of the things that, that came up for us was we're talking about this amongst ourselves. That's a, an idea that's existing in a vacuum unless we do something about it. And we wanted to, since we have a platform in the community, um, we wanted to use that platform to actually take action and speak out because we felt that since we do have a platform that would encourage others to have the courage to do the same thing. Because I think what happens is there are so many good and loving people out there and we all get wrapped up in our own lives and we all get complacent or some are even afraid to speak out in certain areas. And 
we have to get away from that. And we actually have to start having these tough conversations, not just amongst ourselves, but with each other. It may have been easier for you to remain quiet and say nothing. But as I said in some of my comments, there's small towns like Boonesboro, Maryland, which is a great small town. And my grandparents grew up in Mapleville, or rather my grandparents live in Mapleville for 50 some years. My, my whole side of my dad's family are from Boonesboro. I grew up in Boonesboro. I know the town. It's a great town. Salt of the earth people there. I'm, I'm proud. I'm, I'm truly, I mean, I'm proud to be from Boonesboro. Boonesboro, like any other town, has its set of issues. And we're not, we've got to be honest with ourselves. We got to be honest mm-hmm. that, that, and, and I lived a, a long, a long, a, I lived a lot of my, my life too in halfway. Uh, I went to Williamsport High School, and then when I, <laughs> when I was lucky enough to go to college and fortunate enough to go to college, and I went to a big, small city up in Pittsburgh, and I got to tell you, that was an eye-opener, especially for diversity and where we are in Montgomery County now. We're, we're blessed because our kids are in public schools. They are surrounded by diversity. Their friends are incredibly diverse of races and cultures and religions and religions and ethnicities and it's it's truly a, a a melting pot it's beautiful it really is and that's something that we should celebrate but Boonesboro still has some racial issues just like any other places has some racial issues and you decided to step up to take a stand and to call out what you think is problematic and you have used the phrase black lives matters and i Help us understand to you, what does Black Lives Matter? What does that mean? What does that totality of that phrase, those three words, what does that mean to you? That means that my Black nieces and nephews are deserving of the same love and dignity and respect as any single person on this earth. Um, It means that my Black brother-in-law is deserving of equal dignity and respect and justice. So this is a personal issue for me. Um, it's very simple. This is just about human dignity and kindness and love and respect. And that is what our messaging has been all along. Um, it seems like a very simple issue that has been conflated and complicated and politicized. But when you boil it down, it's just about human rights and dignity. That's what the movement seemingly has been about and there is a component to the black lives matter movement which they have discussed openly about police reform and that's happening all over the world and when the officer stepped on the the neck of george floyd and for eight minutes and what 46 seconds and George 47. Floyd, 47 and the and George Floyd repeatedly said I, I can't breathe that was a moment that I think that woke all of us up there's no excuse for it and you don't see many defenders of the the officer uh, and he was arrested he was he's charged he'll go to trial and that was not an isolated event. We've watched over and over and over similar incidents where young men of color, young women of color are pulled over or stopped by police and they are, it's a different outcome many times for a 34-year-old white man like myself. And I have to recognize that. And it's not because I'm, you know, the, 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 we, we've somehow part, added like a partisan label. Like it's not because I'm, I'm any more woke, so to speak, than anybody else. It's just that that's the, that's the reality. That's the reality is that as a 34-year-old white man, I've been stopped by police. And I have a, a, a couple times. Times that, you know, I, I've made mistakes before. <laughs> I've been stopped for drinking and driving before in 2013. It was one of the biggest mistakes of my life. And I've been able to talk about it openly. 
And it was embarrassing, humiliating, beyond belief. Humiliated my family, my wife, who stuck, thank God, stuck by me. And I went through the process. And it's not fun. It's really not. But, and I was, I mean, I was treated fairly. But I got to tell you, in other circumstances where young men and women of color are stopped and targeted by police, and, and it happens all the time. We may, it may not be reported. But it, it certainly is prevalent, and we've seen the cases, especially with body cam foot. We can name 20 different people, Philando Castile, Brianna, uh, the, the young woman that was shot and killed in the middle of the night. This, is, this has got to stop, and you've decided to take a stand. And saying black lives matter, the, the, the counter-argument is to say all lives matter. All lives matter cannot be until black lives matter start to happen. And I may not be saying that as eloquently as I, as I should be, but black, all lives matter cannot begin until black lives matter. And that's just the crux of it. That's what it boils down to. And if that, if that brings us to talk about police reform in an open and honest discussion, then so be it. Good. We should be talking about these issues. This is a major public policy issue that should be before Congress, should be before our state legislatures. And we've been lucky enough to have folks from all around the country who are in elected office, good people, who have taken a look at policing and policing reform and have said, well, let's take a hard look at what we can do to improve this. And I still say that the body camera is one of the greatest inventions of the last 50 years that has fundamentally impacted policing. Um, but Charlotte, that doesn't, you know, and I'm not a proponent of the, the rush to do something immediately. I'm, I'm more in the camp of we have to talk about these proposals with our, our elected officials and we have to make sense of what happened and we have to do this in a logical, meaningful, public policy perspective in mind. And we have to impact, we have to make an impact. And there's so many racial issues that are tied up into this, but I've talked to a lot of police officers, just as I'm sure you have, Charlotte. And the mm -hmm. police officers that I have talked to have said, yes, we do need reform, you know, and we're seeing that start. We're already talking about no-knock warrants, qualified immunity. We're talking about big issues that have serious impact. And it doesn't mean that, we're an that, that it's anti-police. It means that we have to have a, a serious discussion about what tactics are used, how they are used, and who is being targeted. Because data be patterns become data. And the data shows us that many unarmed men and women of color have been unfairly targeted. And I hear from the other side as well, well, what about black-on-black -black crime? Yes, absolutely, let's talk about that. No doubt about it. In Baltimore City, we have to talk about all of these issues. And it's not a one... This is not either or. We are... The United States of America, we have accomplished great feats in our short history. And as you and I talked about yesterday, we're, we are not, these aren't mutually exclusive issues. We can have two conversations at the same time. We can talk about race and we can talk about police reform and we can talk about good police officers because I can guarantee you there are thousands, millions of, of, of people who put on the uniform every single day who put their life in harm's way, who walk out the door, their spouse kisses them goodbye, their children kiss them goodbye, and they don't know whether their mom or dad are going to come home that night. And that is a terrifying feeling. And to the men and women who serve us in uniform, whether it be in a blue uniform or in, in uniform overseas or serve us in the, in the, in the armed forces, I, my hat's off to you. I, I have unlimited respect. But we have to talk about these honestly. And what Tammy Byers Anderson said was another 
way to divide the conversation into us versus them. And that's mm -hmm. unfortunate because I think that she's an intelligent person who if we got her on the phone right now or she tapped into this, this Zoom meeting, I think we would be able to have a conversation. And Charlotte, we have got to understand how to talk to one another right. without, without the veneer of social media. And you and I have talked right. about that. Right. You, we have to start having face-to-face -face conversations. We have to start being authentic and stop hiding behind keyboards and screens. Um, I think that is just disintegrated conversation and real discussion. I, I could not agree more. It's unfortunate the way that we have channeled our frustrations and anger. And But people have a right to be angry. There's no doubt about it. But And people can lie and they can make up phony Facebook posts and they can mischaracterize our events and the the Western Maryland truck group or whatever can can make up whatever fairy tale or fantasy of their version of reality that they want to make. But the fact is that we had a productive conversation on Saturday and I was honored to be invited by Dan's Tap House and to be among your staff. Your staff are far beyond their years and wisdom. I wish they're the best. Yeah. And I, you know what, why don't you speak to that? Why don't you, and, and I know that they had, they had the opportunity to talk on Saturday, but as their, their titular leader, their, their field commander, I'm hoping that you could share a little bit about who your staff are and what, uh, what's in their hearts. It's going to make me cry. It's okay. Um, I have been um, very, very fortunate and blessed um, to have the staff that I do because I have, um, we, we have this um, slogan, the Tap House family. And it really is like we, we are not just friends and coworkers. We consider each other to be family. We love each other. Um, we support each other. And when I tell you that this is one of the kindest, uh, most compassionate groups you will meet, uh, the most conscientious, socially aware, good-hearted people. Uh, those are the people that work at the Tap House. That is what the Tap House family entails. So this is all of us speaking together, um, hoping that we can have discussions within our community for change. Um, this is how we all feel. I met your staff majority of them on Saturday and the warmth that they shared with me, the compassion, the conviction in their hearts and whether they're working and going to school or participating, but they are participating in their democratic Republic. They are, they're not sitting on the sidelines and Dan's restaurant and tap house. You've been told, Hey, just make some great food. And your food, by the way, is excellent. <laughs> Thank I, you. I can't say that enough about, the cuisine, and I encourage anyone who is listening to visit 3 South Main Street in Boonesboro. Pull up. There's parking in the back. There's, uh, there's street parking, but you have to visit this place. Uh, it's, it's really special. But not only is it special because the food is so damn good, <laughs> but the, the, the team there, you're, you're gonna, it's an inclusive environment. And you've been told, hey, just look. Just be quiet. Don't say anything. That Boonesboro is not the area you should be saying this in. And you know what? Right. And you know what you said? I don't think so. I'm going to speak up. And good for you, Charlotte. Good for you for taking a stand for equality. Well, I, I know for myself personally, and, and my staff feels this way as well, and we talked about this a little on Saturday, we have received messages saying, just cook the food. Um, you're a restaurant, stay in your lane. And I said on Saturday, social justice and equal rights, that's everybody's lane. That's everybody's lane. That's, that's not exclusive to politicians. That's something that every single human being in this country should be worried about. When someone is stopped by police or somebody shows up to their house and an officer uses the badge to... And, so, and could and potentially abuse that badge and says, I'm going to go ahead and search your car. 
Civil liberties means that you know, you know how to say, I'm sorry, I can't speak to you right now without my attorney present. I'd rather be quiet. Mm -hmm. I'd rather remain silent. Your civil liberties are enshrined in the Constitution, and so many of the folks who are protesting often talk about the Constitution, and it's something right. that we should talk about. So maybe we should educate them on what the First Amendment means. Maybe we should educate them on what the Fourth Amendment means, that you can't come into my house without a warrant, and you're certainly not going to bully me, and you're not going to search my car unless I give you express permission. And if there's something in plain sight, fine, okay, the officers can take that. But if you think that I'm, if you think I have something in my trunk, go get a warrant or leave me alone and let me be on my way. And you have the right to be quiet. You have the right to remain silent. These are civil liberties that I practice every day. And I, right. would, I would encourage anybody who wants to understand what your civil liberties mean, where they can be found, how to exercise them respectfully, how to invoke your civil liberties with any police interaction, I would encourage you to visit the ACLU's website online. I'm a card-carrying member of the ACLU. I love it. I donate to the ACLU every, every single year sometimes more than once, because I believe in this organization that fundamentally protects my civil liberties, whether you're white, black, Hispanic, Muslim, Christian, Jewish. This is, this is why our country was created. And a lot of folks like to quote only certain portions of the Constitution. Okay, but let's be inclusive. Let's talk about all aspects of the Constitution. So <laughs> I just, I have a hard time with some of the comments where people are saying, look, Black Lives Matter, Dan Taphout, they want to defund the police. I've never heard you say that, that you want to defund the police. No. Uh, and that's an element of the Black Lives Matter movement, and they are certainly entitled to talk about that. And whether that is restructuring a budget in major cities or restructuring pensions uh, or looking into police unions and how they protect bad police officers, which every police officer with whom I've ever spoken with have said unions protect bad police officers. That's, that's not a, uh, a trope. That is a, a fact that they do that. And many police officers who are honest will tell you that. And, and I'm certainly not speaking on anybody who's a leader in the Black Lives Matter movement, but what, what has happened in our country where the Vice President of the United States during an interview on national television is fearful to say Black Lives Matter? Where are we as a country when that happens? That's it's disappointing. It is. It is. It is. We've, lost, we've really lost focus. Um, and the, and again, the reason why I wanted to have Charlotte back, who's one of the co-owners of Dan's restaurant and tap house tonight is there's a lot of unfair social media posts out there that is fundamentally misconstruing what our event was. And our event on Saturday was very happy. It was upbeat. We laughed, we cried. Uh, we, we talked honestly as an, and we would invite it anybody and now you did decide to close it off just for, for security reasons but there's people saying i mean there was one guy on social media that said he came up and what came in and told you guys to go to hell is that is that <laughs> yeah i mean something like that folks if you're watching and listening and this is going to be broadcasted on dan's page later on and you can watch the recap of this and watch me drone on and i'm sorry about that but that never happened these, these lies, <laughs> it never happened. There's never a man who walked in and said something to one of your staff members. And if they said it to you, you would have told me instantly. And if it happened to your staff, they would have told you instantly. And we would have heard about it. Yes. Um, Without question. You know, and Charlotte, you've also taken a vocal stance on social media. And, yes. and as a business owner, has your, has your business impacted? been impacted by your stances? Have you noticed 
people reaching out and coming over to the restaurant who may not normally have heard of you or ha- haven't been there before? I'm sure you've had some first timers reach out. We have. Um, we have, honestly, what I will say is for every one hateful comment or threat or lie that's told, there are literally hundreds of kind, loving, supportive statements of solidarity. We've had people reach out from the United Kingdom who have seen our posts and who say, we stand with you from England. Um, We've had uh, women, men from Kansas, Colorado, reaching out and saying, this is the right thing to do. And I think what I wanna make very clear is that for, for the people who've been hateful and cruel, I hope that they see how outnumbered they are and how their time is just done. They are the minority. That's the minority. Hate is the minority. Well, in Boonesboro, Maryland, I can tell you that there's a lot of good folks and good people tend to support good organizations. And it wasn't easy for you to step off the sidelines and say something. In fact, there are a lot of restaurants who probably agree with your perspective but said, look, we don't want to upset the apple cart. We just we don't want to say anything. And you have been vocal. And you've also taken to social media and you've called out people using your your growing list, which you can find Dan's Restaurant and Tap House on Facebook. Just go to the search bar in the top left-hand corner or right-hand corner and type it in and please follow them. And you have called out some of the people. You're, you're, you're fearless in a way. And, and I admire that. You're, and you're also tenacious. And you've also have made it known that you're not going to stand down. You're not going to be intimidated. And you're going to keep calling out bad behavior that you see and come hell or high water, as the old phrase goes. Well, I just believe, um, you know, and I said this in one of our posts, if you are going to spread hate and fear in the shadows, then that hate and fear should be brought into the light. That's it's that also is very simple. Um, conspiring and threatening and, you know, being hateful in the dark. Those are the people who need to be rooted out and exposed for what they are. And they have exposed themselves. Um, I've had some comments that we're the ones spreading hate by exposing the hate. Um, I think that's mental gymnastics. That's, that's really a stretch. Um, I think that's a justification, but I am going to continue to call out hate because we can't repair damage if the damage is not exposed. Well, not only that is, and you see social media has a, a unique way to piss people off, <laughs> especially with, yes. yeah, right. You know, the comments, <laughs> the comments under the Herald Mail media article, the comments under WDVM. And I want to, I say that both are, both reporters came out and they, they did articles about it. And, um, the, the comments are always fun. The percentage of people who would step out from the shadows of the comments and their their uh, you know their keyboards to say really what they have written, which sometimes it's horrible stuff, just nefarious, nasty, mean drivel, <laughs> to say it to your face or stop by and say, "Hey, I want to talk to you about this." Has that actually happened? Have you gotten any of the commenters that have? Uh, escape the shadows of their their homes and have driven down to talk to you uh, about their perspective? No, (laughs) no. And that's what's so disappointing because, and again, if you read our posts, if you really listen to our message, what we are inviting is dialogue and conversation. Um, We're inviting people to think critically, um, to be self-reflective and to come together to talk about these things. Uh, that's a discussion that needs to happen. So we we welcome discussions. We yep. don't have to agree, but talking about it is where we start. Now oh, that's a that's an excellent point. We, we've got to begin somewhere, uh, and we have to begin. And you know, I'm just scrolling through the comments here on my other monitor, and some of them are really ignorant. And you know, I think that we, at least I always try to put up the best representation of myself. And that 
that also includes proper grammar and spelling and punctuation. <laughs> yeah, I was a writing center tutor, so that's a particular pet peeve of mine. Well, and anybody who's listening, Charlotte and I are both proud graduates of the Mount, so... Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm, I'm just scrolling through, and it's like, <laughs> you know... A lot of people are saying definitely we'll go there, I, I, and uh, I see people are saying that. Uh, oh, here's this is my this is one of my favorite comments. It has been hijacked by the left radicals. All eyes matter. Period. If you work hard and set goals, you can be anything you want to be, regardless of what your human shell is. You have to have the desire and drive to work for it, and not expect it for free, or it to be handed to you. Okay, I fine, but. You you hear this phrase privilege, right? Mm -hmm. And there is a there is something to this, I think. And being able to recognize that, you know, look, I I grew up in a middle class family. My family worked really hard. They had a small business. Uh, my we were middle class people. I, you know, we we all worked. It was, it was, there's been hard times, and I was fortunate enough to to go to a great school. And my parents instilled a work. Uh, you know, worth ethics in me, but there's, we have to recognize that some of our friends of color, some of my friends of color, and their explanations of their lives, it's, it's been a little tougher for them. And being able to recognize that and be cognizant of it, uh, it why, why does that make so many people feel weak or vulnerable? You know, it, it's okay to recognize that. And there's, there's, there, it's like we know that it exists that that we know that there's generational poverty in in some cities. We know that there's systematic racism in housing policies. We could go through a number of functions of government and point out where it's been tougher for our friends of color, right? And for us to recognize that is to also do something about it to level the playing field. And if we can't recognize that, then how are we ever going to see the forest through the trees? That's that's, right. and the goal of this movement, and as I see it, and the goal of the protest, the protests, the peaceful assemblies. And look, there's no, and I don't, I don't support the people who are going out and looting. I, I don't believe in that. I don't. I think that's wrong. And I've even seen aspersions leveled at Dan's to say, "Well, you took a stand, so your business wouldn't be burnt down." Well, that's that's offensive. That's just ridiculous. That's ludicrous. I yeah. I mean, my goodness. Um, we have to do something, and it begins in small towns like Boonesboro. So, what do you have in mind, Charlotte? What What do you think that? How do you think you can take this conversation to the next level in a small town mm -hmm. with Boonesboro that has what four thousand people? Is that about right? Maybe pretty small. Yeah. Yeah. What's what's next? Oh, the Mount now. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, one of the things that that is important to me and is important to my team and that we reference is the value of education. And I'm a very firm believer that education is the remedy to so many ills in society. I think it's so important. And education around diversity and education about awareness of privilege and education about how to be, when you say anti-racist, how to be a good friend, um, that's crucial. So kind of to extend that analogy a little bit, um, something that I was talking about amongst a few of my friends, you know, we were talking about the nature of racism in, in small towns. And it looks different than racism in, in cities. In cities, it's more overt, it's more brutal. Um, in small towns, it's more insidious, as in unwritten rules and as in denial. Oh, we don't have a problem here. Well, we don't have a problem if, if you're white. Um, of course, you don't recognize that there's a problem. So you only need to look at our comment feed to see the experiences of people of color in this town. So educating white people in this town about the reality that there is racism that is, that is the treat. Racism in small towns is a lot like cancer. It's quiet and it's inside and it's growing 
and you're kind of ignoring it and you feel pretty good and you feel fine. And occasionally there's an ache or there's a pain, right? So occasionally there's an incident. So you write it off, an incident here, an incident there. You write it off and you're not looking at what's underneath. You're not looking. So just as it's time, just when you finally start to think all of these pains, maybe I should get a checkup. Education, that's the checkup. That's the checkup and that's the treatment. And for future generations, it's also the preventative. So education is really where it starts. And that's where I would like to see. That's why we recommended Teaching for Change as a website and a resource, because that's what they do. That's what they specialize in. So I would like to see something like that come to this town. Absolutely. I would like to see curriculum implemented that addresses these issues, because just as sneaky, insidious cancer, this is how racism is in small towns, and we have to learn about it to root it out. Yeah, I I think that's so important, and I have no doubt that you can be a leader in that community. And they have a wonderful park that where lots of people could meet. They have a town hall, and mm-hmm. you you could you could bring out a crowd for that to have an open and honest discussion. And again, I I really I don't want to do this, but I have to. But I'm scrolling again through the Herald Mail media comments and. For whatever reason, this Tammy Byers Anderson just loves to just throw these, lob these, uh, these figurative bombs at you guys. And it says, examples of signs displayed. Dan's Tap House employees were giving us the fingers we showed support for the police. At the same time, they claimed to be supporting equality for all. Tammy Byers Anderson, if you're listening to this, you have got to stop lying. That did not happen. And... Every time that you go out and lie like that, that's one more time. I'm going to bring Charlotte on this show. I'm going to bring a member of Dan's Tap House on this show, and I'm going to talk about it, and I'm going to call it out. Stop lying. Don't. You want to have a conversation? Let's do that. This podcast, this forum is open to anybody. We have a great reach, trust me. A lot of people listen to this because we tell it honestly on this show. And that's what I've tried to build in the last five years. I'm not going to get everybody on board. I, I can tell you that. I, you, you get detractors, but you, you, we have to put one foot forward and talk about the news. We have to talk about politics and public policy in a way that's in an open and honest format and a respectful dialogue. That's what we hope to gain. That's why I do these live podcasts, and that's why I showed up and asked and talked to Charlotte, and we agreed, and I, and I wanted to learn something, and I did. I learned from their staff. I learned from Charlotte. And I came away feeling more educated, and I, I feel like that I can talk to my kids in an open and honest way um, about what's happening in the world. Because, look, kids are watching, too, and it's really hard for them to make sense of all of this. But they get it in a way that I think that some of us adults don't, because I know that I, I know that our 13-year-old and our 16-year-old said, you know, we're, we're watching the news, and they, they it's like racism to them is something that, They've never experienced because they've experienced diversity their entire lives. And we're fortunate. We're fortunate because, you know, living in Montgomery County, it's it's minority-majority school system. And I just think the kids have a unique perspective, and we can learn a lot from kids just listening. And I think if we listen to one another. And, you know, Charlotte, we didn't just talk about the uh, your your public stance on what happened in Minnesota with George Floyd. We also talked about the good work that the comptroller's office did. So I want to give a shout out to Peter Francho and his team. Walk us through what happened because I think sure. COVID-19 has impacted lots of small businesses around the state of Maryland in a, in, in just such an impactful way that some businesses have closed up. But Dan's Tap House, you guys went out and said, look, let's be creative. Let's, we want to make sure that we're giving people what they want but there's some uh, bureaucratic bears. There's some uh, red tape that we have to go through. So talk us, talk us through what you did and what the ultimate outcome was. Mm-hmm. Sure. So when, when everything first shut down, Washington County, they were only going to allow us to do carry out and delivery for food. Alcohol was completely off the table. And Washington County backtracked a little bit in the first few days and they changed uh, the order to factory sealed containers. 
So that would mean a bottle of wine or beer bottles or beer cans. But we have 34 crafts on tap and we have a full bar. So that's not really super helpful for us. It's a little bit helpful, but not a lot helpful. And it's especially detrimental when neighboring counties have something different going on. So Frederick was cocktails to go, beer to go, growlers. It was really limiting us and it was limiting our sales. And I networked through social media and I found Len and I found Manny. And I was like, guys, I can you help me? Because I'm not really sure what to do here. Um, we're limited and this is going to close us down. And I'm not kidding. I'm not exaggerating when I say it was less than 24 hours that that had been turned around and the new proclamation was emailed directly to me and we could do off-premise cocktails and beer. And it was an absolute game changer for us. Wow. That was the saving grace that kept us open. And our friends in the comptroller's office took a trip up to Boonesboro and they they feasted on... (laughs) Dan's Tap House, and they imbibed on your your craft beer. Uh, Foxwell now has his own signature cocktail. I love it. What's that about? What 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 did you guys release today? We released um, <laughs> a. <laughs> I love it. An absolutely delicious dessert beverage, or. Actually, it doesn't have to be dessert. You could have it at any time. Called the Banana Moon Pie. Hmm. That is in honor of Len. Let's try uh, that one. Prized him with that when they came up. <laughs> and we decided, because it was such a hit, to keep it on the menu as a summer cocktail. <laughs> I, I have to come up and try that. And by the way, I came up when I was there Saturday. My family and I had lunch. Of course, my wife, who eats like our kids sometimes, she had uh, the chicken fingers and french fries, which were like the best chicken fingers. Because, of course, I always eat after them. <laughs> They'll bring it home. They'll put the box in, and I'll say, all right, what are we having for dinner? They're like, oh, I don't know. And I said, well, why don't we have the leftovers? And they'll say, well, you can have the leftovers. So I ended up eating the chicken fingers. I had the Cobb salad, delicious, amazing. That's mine, too. I love that one. And our son, you know, 16 years old, growing kid, you know, tall, skinny, string bean, like five foot uh, 10 already as, at 16 years old. He's going to be taller than me. Um, he had like a tired ribeye steak and i was like i was like are you gonna eat all he's like yeah. uh yeah i'm gonna eat all that <laughs> uh, but that's cool i'm glad that government worked as it's supposed to work doesn't it feel good when you want to do something and you know it's the right thing and you don't have to jump through 10 bureaucratic nightmares to just get something out during a an unusual period for all restaurants and I'm glad to hear that government worked for you and not against you. It was incredible. And I should also add, when the comptroller's office started doing the Take It Outside initiative, yeah. the first week that we were able to do Take It Outside was our record-breaking week um, oh. since the shutdown started. That's incredible. So that was another game changer for us. That was absolutely amazing to see. I, I I know. I realized that. And Dan's, you guys did takeout where I saw you packaging up containers out there in the back parking lot and mm-hmm. people coming in to go to have dinner. And my wife and I did that with a lot of our local restaurants as well. And it's nice to see it's nice to see us getting reopened. It's nice to see uh, people having a sit down meal. And I'm hoping that as we, we all go into the, the eventual phase three, when things open back up, um, that restaurants can bounce back from this. And it's important to support local businesses. But it's also still important to practice safe social distancing, to listen to our leading scientists <laughs> and doctors, and to wear your masks. Yeah. Um, Science is good. <laughs> yes. And for anybody who watched us on Saturday... Uh, we sat, Charlotte and I sat, and we talked about this prior to the show. We said, do we wear our masks or not? And we said, well, we're going to sit six, we're going to sit six feet apart. And, um, and then when we were finished, I put my mask back on. I, I don't want anybody to, to throw out, well, you know, you don't practice what you preach. No, we 
all had our masks on. We all had, we all practiced our safe social distancing, just so people are aware that we certainly abided by the recommended CDC guidelines. Um, and I asked you on Saturday, I said, Charlotte, are you running for office? And you laughed a little bit, but, you know, I think you have an opportunity to, to put, to eventually consider, uh, consider your options and make your voice be heard in a much bigger way. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, that's right. We'll see. But, uh, possibilities. Oh, the possibilities. <laughs> uh, but I, I'm glad that we could talk about this again. And for, for the folks who listen Saturday, I apologize about the audio issues. We'll, we'll get it figured out. I had a, I had a whole setup. It was cool, but we had some issues with the mics. That's okay. We have, that's why I wanted to do a follow-up and also to, again, just address some of the, the local chatter, so to speak. And I know that Charlotte's going to share this on her Facebook page, mm-hmm. and Charlotte's going to share this on the uh, the Dan's tap. And I think we're we're live there now, and I'm going to share. But but folks, you know, if you're watching, I just want to make sure that you understand that, and by no means whatsoever was this an event disguised or characterized in any way as anti-police. And if that were the case, I I would not have I would not have done the podcast. In fact. Charlotte and I both talked about what we wanted to discuss in advance, and we we both came to very similar ideas about what we wanted to extrapolate from the conversation and how to approach it journalistically to make sense of why they were why Dan's Tap House came out and took a stand, and then of course how COVID nineteen impacted Maryland small businesses, and we wanted to also articulate and highlight how good government works as it should. And the comptroller's office talking to Washington County was a, a perfect, perfect example of how good government and it, works. It was absolutely seamless for us. Yeah. And you could sell your signature cocktails and you could continue <laughs> to, to make some money and to serve your community. Mm-hmm. So I, I want to say again, thank you to your staff. They're fantastic. Uh, they got a lot of heart. And uh, I'm... I can't wait to, uh, to, to, to grow in the Dan's family. Uh, that's going to, it's going to be one of my go-to places. I love Boonesboro. And if you're listening truly, and I mean this, if you want to have a conversation, let's say you don't agree with anything that Charlotte and I talked about tonight, but you want to reach out and you want your voice to be heard and you want to make your case be known you call me, it's 301-991-4220, email me at ryan at a minor detail.com, or you can hit me up on Twitter, which you'll see there, or Facebook, and you say, hey, listen, we want to talk about our point of view, put us on. I will absolutely make that happen at any time. I'm serious, I will make that happen at any time. You can come on the podcast, you can, you can yell at me, you can say whatever you want, but we can't move on as Americans without actually having a dialogue. And I'd rather have a dialogue or some form of it rather than, than this silly, petty back and forth on social media where people are lying and miscarrying. That's not the way to do it, folks. I got to be honest. It's not the way to do it. And it's disappointing to see people write these unfair comments like, you know, it's anti police. We had a great event, Charlotte. Wouldn't you agree? I, we did. And I do want to say this. I think this is an important thing to say. Um, if you believe in your heart that you are standing up for something that's right, you don't need to lie. Mm. And that's just the reality. So for us, um, are the lies hurtful? Yes. I mean, I'm, sen- I'm a sensitive person. I don't appreciate lies. But at the end of the day, um, that's still just noise. And it's, it's not going to stop us from, from speaking out for what's right. Well, you have a great business, and I appreciate the the tone that you've taken. And you're fearless, and your staff is fearless. They're 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 just incredible people. I'm proud of you guys for all that you are doing, and taking a stand and stepping up for uh, for for people who don't share the same equality as as we do. And I know that we have a distance to travel in this country. But the first step is talking to one another in an open and respectful way. And if we can do that, I think we can accomplish truly anything. 
if we can just manage to talk to one another. And again, I open this podcast in this format up to anybody who wants to come on and have a, a discussion. And Charlotte, um, where can people find Dan's Tap House? I know we said it earlier, but just reiterate that so people can uh, can can leave you nice comments. <laughs> sure. Um, so, of course, you can come onto our social media. We're on Facebook. And um, you can message us through our website at www.drnth.com. And you can always call the restaurant uh, if you'd like, 301-432-5224. And we, like you, Ryan, we are, we've invited and are open for civil discourse and discussion. Well, we, we champion that. That's what it's all about. That's how Americans make progress. That's how we make progress with friendships, with policy in local communities like Boonesboro, Maryland, in counties and states. And Washington County still has some distance to travel. And, you know, I, I think that there, there needs to, to be some, some formative change up in good old Washington County where I grew up, was born and raised, and I'm very proud of where, where I come from. I'm very proud of my family and our, our roots, our, our middle-class roots, and I'm, I'm proud of my education that I got there. But it's okay. It doesn't make you weak to understand that we have progress to make. It, it simply makes you ready and willing to to embrace change. And I, I hope that that's what it is. And some of the comments that were written were unfortunate. But I'm hoping that maybe after we share this and if they watch, they would feel in their hearts that they can come talk to you or to any member of your staff in a way that they could express their opinion politely and respectfully. But I, I still think that you just can't let people lie about you. You just can't do it. You can't let them, can't let them lie about you. So I think we, uh, again, <laughs> we said all that we could say. I encourage anybody to get up to Boonesboro, visit Dan's Tap House, support them, and uh, enjoy and breaking bread at their wonderful restaurant where you will undoubtedly leave full and happy um, and maybe with a, a carryout. So Charlotte of Dan's Tap House, one of the co-owners there, thank you so much for, for doing this again, for making time on a Monday evening when you could be doing anything else, but you decided to, to come on and, and hang out with us. No, oh, I would be cooking dinner for my twins right now. So I'm, <laughs> that's on dad tonight. So. That's on I, dad tonight. Yeah. Well, my wife is at Tar Kim's at Target right now with our daughter Paige. So I don't usually when they go to Target, they're God knows what they're going to come back with. That's always the oh, case. Oh, I know, I know how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, thanks so much for your time, Charlotte. Um, this was fun again, and we'll do it. We'll keep doing these, and I'm I'm hoping that uh, we'll get another podcast up and running. And I talked to our friends up at CNO Canal uh, Taco, or I'm rather CNO Taco up in Hagerstown. And, They're uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to give them a shout out. CNO Taco in Hagerstown, please consider visiting with them. And then if you, it's, it's okay too to say this. If you want to, to show your support to, to black owned businesses, there are lists out there in, for Hagerstown and Washington County and, Elsewhere. That's something my staff has been working on on those pages is, is spreading some of those yeah. information about businesses. And I'd also like to shout out Cannon Coffee in Hagerstown. They've taken a very vocal and kind stance as well. Yes, they have. Cannon Coffee, another awesome business. Um, so, And if you want a good cup of coffee in Boonesboro, stop at Dan's Tap House because really that's <laughs> the only coffee shop in Boonesboro. <laughs> So, all right, and, friend. And put uh, adult beverages in your coffee if you like. <laughs> See, you could put some, <laughs> you could put some Baileys there, right? That's right. Yeah. Well, you could find me on the web at aminordetail.com. I'm at Ryan at aminordetail. Let's see, Ryan. My email address is Ryan at aminordetail.com. I had to think about that for a second. Twitter, <laughs> Facebook, we're all over the place. Um, this was fun, Charlotte, and uh, let's let's stay in touch. <laughs> And keep me abreast of your, 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 any new cocktails or any new signature dishes. What's, uh, what's on uh, any specials this week that you are promoting? We do actually have one. We, so, and we, we talked about this uh, yesterday. 
I sometimes am very homesick for the Eastern Shore where I grew up. And one thing that I used to have when I was young there was fried green tomatoes. Ah. So we put fried green tomatoes on the menu. And I actually just uh, created a really incredible concoction. We're doing fried green tomato BLTs. Um, Those are to die for. And we've also brought, um, per request, Scrapple onto our menu for our brunches. Well, buying to be on the Scrapple Trail. <laughs> well, look, you're you're gonna make a friend in Bunky Luffman and and my my old friend uh, Clayton there um, from you know the Eastern Shore. I'm talking about Clay Mitchell, uh, whose dad is the late speaker, and Clay Mitchell, who works in the Hogan administration. If you're on the Scrapple Trail, you guys are doing something right. You might get a hell of an uh, an influx of new customers on that Scrapple trail. <laughs> that is the goal. I have not had Scrapple since I was probably eight years old, but I forgot how delicious it is. It, it is delicious, and if you go to the Eastern Shore, my wife and I got married in St. Michael's, and there's a there's a one there's one restaurant on Tillman Island. It's called Two If By Sea. It it's uh it, you you might know it yeah, and it's my dad boat over there. What's that? My dad takes his boat across the bay. He lives near Annapolis, and he boats over to St. Michael's. Yeah, it's it's so, awesome. And if you visit up there at St. Michael's at Two If By Sea, you're going to get some great scrapple. You're going to get a good home-cooked meal just as like as uh, you would as at Dan's Tap House. So, all right, folks. Well, Charlotte and I talked enough for tonight. Go back to your Monday evening programs and watching endless hours <laughs> of cable news. So with that, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. Charlotte, thank you for your time. I really sincerely appreciate it. Hey, it's Ryan. Send me your feedback on the show. Email me at ryan at a minor detail.com or you can text me at 301-991-4220. I'll read your comments during our next podcast. Visit in like a minor detail on Facebook and Twitter at a minor detail and that's with an E, not an O. And of course, visit a minor detail.com for the latest Maryland news and politics. That's it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you around.